this noise. Yeah, that noise. It's like a bad signal for the gaze. One of the ultimate, if you know, you knows. The way it turns heads in public is almost as if it's a sign of solidarity among the gays. Basically a message to the surrounding gays saying, I'm off to get railed. Sort of. But why the grinder sound? I don't think straight people have ever unified so strongly under the sound of a dating app. Does Tinder or Bumble even have a sound? Oh, it looks like Tinder does have a sound. But it doesn't turn hits the way Griner does. I wonder how the experimentation of sex, especially in the world of Grindr, works. Yo, I don't think we should talk about this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? But that's a part of life, okay? Hi, we are Bridge Productions. I'm your host, Amethyst, and this season, we are presenting you... Although I have known gay friends and family members most of my life, some things still confuse me. One being their obsession with sex. Obsession is a strong word, but in this case, I feel like it's justified. That is because not only do all gay men seem to know so much about sex, but also have a lot of sex in general. I blame the internet, but even my 40-year-old uncle can describe his sexual encounters like he's writing a new chapter for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yuck! Do not ask me how I know that. That's a story for another time. On that note, I'd like to know how, where, and why they acquire this information. To me, compared to the so-called organic discovery of sex straight people experience, I feel like the experimentation behind gay sex is very choreographed, especially on apps like Grindr. From what I've heard, Grindr is nothing but torso pics and terminologies I don't understand, like docking. I could see you guys docking, actually. What is that? <laughs> so Jeff would stick his into your and then you'd pull your skin all the way down Jeff's so that your are like intertwined in your and then you like rub it back and forth until you in each other. <laughs> On top of that, set rows like bottom, top, or verse. Set tribes like bear, otter, and twink. Called my tribe. Okay. Oh, I found my tribe. Twink. I'm only allowed three. Every sexual preference is laid out nicely on a silver platter for the app users to pick and choose. Today, I have invited our friendly neighborhood gay, Zach, and together we will unpack the role of dating apps in gay sex culture. Are you on Grindr? No, I'm not on Grindr. That's a gay app. That's a gay dating app. I'm not gay, please. This is for the LGBT community. Looking for a sugar daddy. Which 
sugar daddy. Sleep with me, free breakfast. Free being upstairs. Sugar daddy. So, Zach, before we dive into the grinder subculture, as a gay man, how and when did you learn about sex? I was probably introduced to the concept of gay sex when I was 13 from YouTube. Did you specifically search it up, or was it something you just came across? Initially, I kind of just came across it. Being born in 1998 at literally the intersection of being Gen Z and a millennial, I could kind of see the emergence of gay exposure on the internet, especially on YouTube. The year was 2012, and I was 14 at the time, rushing home from school to watch my favorite gay content creators. At the time, vlogging had become a huge thing on YouTube. starts with me hitting the snooze button a billion times until my baby niece comes in and wakes me up by- In general, it was quite wholesome and as a baby gay learning the ropes, I found them quite endearing. But even as a light-hearted day-in-the-life video of a gay couple, the topic of sex never seemed to escape the narrative. For example, their boyfriend tags or day-in-the-life videos always had to include something sex-related at least once. I have lots of favorite parts about you. I like his booty. <laughs> a relationship that is more equal 50-50. Yeah, like since a kid I've always been turned on by, uh, you know, the porn videos where they just switch. That's always been my favorite. <laughs> and I found out that it was Nico's favorite as well. <laughs> what is one thing they would say you suffer from? Me? Yeah. Ready? One thing? One thing. One, two, two three, three sex crazy. addict. Wait, actually, okay, well, first of all, they'd be like, you are a sex addict. You are addicted and? to, ma well, like, a masturbation. Anything sexual related, I'm an addict. It's like the identity of a gay man cannot be separated from their sex lives. That's crazy. It's literally a generation of baby gays learning about sex through YouTube. Okay, jumping back to our topic of sex itself. Since this was your journey of discovery as a kid, right? So how do gay men, including yourself, re-enter the sex scene in adulthood? Do the apps play a big role? Yes, actually. The apps play a huge role in the discovery of applied gay sex. Oh my god, it kind of sounds like a school subject though. Applied sex and theoretical sex. <laughs> but yes, anyways, the apps do play a substantial role in the discovery of gay sex. I actually managed to land an interview with a close friend, let's call him Arman, as well as his partner, who I will also call Abi, and they were really eager to share their experiences of online dating and sex culture in the gay world, especially in a Malaysian sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> People are not going to know how your voice sounds like. It's okay. Sure, sound good. Sure, sound good. Arman is an old friend of mine. I won't disclose too much of where I know him from, but I've known him for five years. He was kind enough to agree to share his experience of online dating in Malaysia, and him and his partner Abi 
were super enthusiastic in sharing their stories with us. Okay, before we listen to their stories, let's get the burning question out of the way. So, which apps do you guys usually use? Grinder? A lot of people are asking me, are you on Grinder? No, I'm not on Grinder. That's a gay app. That's a gay dating app. I'm not gay, please. Police. Enough. Or Tinder. Tinder. Why? Because you can go on a date or you could hook up. Like, you get both options. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that one is more for hookups and one isn't. Oh my god, okay, good question. I mean, there's so many dating apps out there that gay people use, but for simplicity's sake, let's just take Grindr and Tinder as the main examples, just because they're so commonly compared. I feel like the general consensus is that Grindr is a lot more hookup-focused than Tinder. Relationships, Tinder, I guess, like, for fun, Grindr. Grindr. Why Grindr? Less attachments. Grindr's like, it's just for hookup. I think it's kind of the opposite for straight people. To us... Tinder is becoming more for hookups, and the rest have their own stereotypes. But what makes Grindr and Tinder different though? I mean, they're both dating apps at the end of the day. So what makes Grindr so hookup focused? Even though you can have same-sex options on Tinder, Grindr's layout and functionality is so different. Instead of matching with people through their profiles by swiping left or right, on Grindr, you can message anyone within your area. No matching required. It's made for quick, anonymous, and convenient hookups. Although there's no doubt Tinder has become more hookup-y, Grindr, at least among the gays, is known to be the hookup app. I love gay dating culture. Tinder, for example, you know, it's like this. Swipe right, like make a compliment, break the ice, maybe meet up for a coffee. Grinder is like fucking thick, thick. Location, question mark. Boom! <laughs> On Grinder, gay men even categorize themselves into tribes, which are basically their physical features, which lets them sort of either mingle with their own or find people who fit their preferences. Stuff like twink, bear, otter can be input to search for your quote-unquote ideal. A twink's like a, a skinny boy. That looks a little young, doesn't have much facial hair, probably doesn't have much body hair, doesn't have much muscle, it's kind of just like a, a kind of small boy. So I, I'm, I'm a twink in that sort of terminology. You can have something that's like the opposite of a twink, which is a bear. Think like size plus hair is a bear. What happens if you're someone who's like pretty big but doesn't have hair? Well, now you're a jock. You're like a gym bro, you're shredded, but you probably don't have much hair on you. You can also have hair and be a twink, but then you're an otter. Oh, there's also a twunk. A twunk is me when I'm like actually going to the gym and I start to have definition and muscle. I'm not like big enough to fully be a hunk or a jock, so I'm still like a twink, but I'm a little bit bigger than a normal twink. This is ridiculous. I have not heard more than half of these. Imagine if straight people did that. Like on Tinder, guys go twunk looking for a... for a... Actually, I don't even know. <laughs> what would straight people label themselves as? There seems to be so many aspects of gay sex culture that reside outside the sphere of just having sex. Especially with labeling yourself and finding a dynamic. It's all so choreographed. Does this constitute any anxiety at all? For me, I did feel anxious, especially coming from quite a sheltered environment. 
Also having to deal with all the anxiety on your own in the sense where you don't have the option to tell your family at all, or sometimes even your friends about what you experience, that can be quite scary. I don't mean it in just the, oh, it's taboo, we can't talk about sex way, but also in the sense that even if you do want to confide in someone about the issues you've experienced, they might not be knowledgeable enough to actually offer you help. Because at the end of the day, most people in general still aren't familiar with the dynamics of gay relationships or how gay sex works. Also, looking at how traumatic sex can be in the gay world, that kind of put me off having it initially, but... The most scary thing for me was probably the grooming aspect of it. What sort of grooming? You know how with straight people, groomers generally work with the power dynamic between them? So say someone who is more famous, more wealthy, more power in their role, especially in work. But with gay men, I feel like their knowledge of sex is often used as a form of power. I think I've heard of this happening before meeting online was a thing where, you know, things were done in secrecy and that kind of allowed for free reign of power within the sex hierarchy. Like, new people come in and learn from the older gay men, which, to me, is kind of weird. Honestly, it's true. The stories Arman and Abi told me honestly just reminded me of how toxic gay sex culture is, especially in Malaysia. Basically, from what I've gathered, the recurring pattern is that the younger gay always learns about sex from someone who's older. Not only that, but the younger person who is usually on the submissive end of this power dynamic always ends up bottoming. I understood. Okay, so when I was 17, I was in a boarding school, so there is not really much wiggle room to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So after I finished my SPM, when I was at home waiting for the SPM result around March of 2018, I still remember that day very clearly. So I downloaded uh, Grindr on that day and I, I was in my hometown at that time. I did uh, talk to a few people and then I, I and then uh, kind of an older man in military, I would say he's in military. I've told you that story actually. So he's in the military. He was around 25 or 26 when I was 18. So yes, he 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 is a bit older than me. And he was very persuasive with his words. And I was actually very accommodating too because I wanted to try. And at that, during that first day, I bought them. And he was the top at that day. I think for my first time when I was in, in school, in the school where I'm... SPM. That time it was from my teacher actually. Mm. Like he grooming me, like he was. It's like he married with two kids same age with me, and then he's just like. Uh, that time I I didn't identify myself a gay because I don't know anything about gay. So it's like I'm like okay, why not just come to my house and then play some games? And they say oh why not? And then when I was like it's my room, uh, it's his room. Sorry. Then he's just like, uh, can you just touch my dick first? I'm not sure it's considered sex, but I think it's sex also, right? Like, you're just like fun. And That's then... borderline predatory, to be honest, because, you know, you weren't there with your consent yeah. on, you know, wanting yeah. to do those kind of thing. Yeah, that's why I was like, mm, why not? Just like, okay, he just opened his pants and then like, you want I put inside um, my, my dick? at your ass or something I was like huh and I was blank because I don't know anything about it and I said no 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 I don't but he tried to but it's a bit it's super pain for me mm. 
the time I was like Then so I was like Oh I know I know This is how people do Like a gay sex Oh my god That is so strange But Bottoming takes a lot of knowledge No? Like if Done improperly You could get Really hurt right? Plus the cleaning And the prep Since there's no formal education in Malaysia for these kinds of things, it's usually just learned through experience. And like I mentioned, the experience is usually getting groomed by an older man. Based on their accounts, one was consensual and the other was not. So, to, to, during my first sex experience with that military dude, uh, I learned from mostly Google online because at that time TikTok was not a thing yet. So I was reading online on how to prepare... Or, uh, to bottom in, in, in sex and I was reading some articles from doctors so it was quite convincing and I think it's quite kind of kind of true to, to, to what I did so for myself where do I learn uh? I think I think because like the teacher grooming me like he taught me like oh let's you just go wash your ass everything I was like oh wash my ass like white like after white everything and then it was like I uh, put the horse inside the your inside your ass and then just like let everything is clear and then I was like oh, okay 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 and then I do that that that's my first time I learned that thing lah where I learned oh my god that sounds terrifying especially experiencing it at that age I can't even begin to imagine how traumatic that must have been for them. And since we're in Malaysia, they probably couldn't even report their situation to the authorities at all. Yeah, exactly. This actually leads me to the next point Arfan and Adli made on secrecy of gay sex and how that actually leads to this kind of behaviour. Because, like, it's so discreet and so illegal that no matter what situation you're put in, so many things can happen without your consent, and you just have to roll with it. Because behind closed doors, it's free for all. Social norms, especially age and consent, get breached so easily, because no matter what, what you're doing is illegal, and mostly anonymous anyways. I was on grind the other time, and then I was planning to meet with somebody, but then what he did was very rude, to be honest, because he let another person into the room so there was a threesome without my consent so that is actually one of my regret and I think we should also raise awareness on be careful and be mindful of the the situation that you're in you know have you locked the door is there somebody else that, that kind of following you I, I don't know something like that that is the regret that I have like not being aware of my surrounding at that time because physical safety boundaries and even personal privacy can all be overstepped. It can lead to a lot of regrets and fears surrounding sex. During my first time on the I was actually very anxious because of the, like, like you mentioned, the distance-based distance, distance app. What if these people snitch to my dad? You know, because they were living very near to me. What if they snitch to my dad? I'm going to get killed or something by my dad. Figuratively, I'm not saying that literally. And I think the other thing that I was anxious about is the acceptance, to be honest. Because, you know, I was kind of brand new to the scene. And I don't know how I will be accepted, my body, 
maybe the way I speak, maybe how I perform, you know. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm anxious about that lah. I think for me, I think I'm anxious like are they gonna kill me? Like they bring me to like somewhere else. Like you know a lot like news like people like dating apps. Even though like Tinder or straight apps like they bring you inside the house and then kill you straight away like that. That's why. That's why I feel like ah, uh, sure. I just like should I trust these people? But I know like sometimes when you horny, you didn't you didn't let the feeling like you just like ah, uh, go for it because like I'm too horny. But. Even though it's so unsafe at times, it seems that a lot of gay men are still framed as hypersexual. Do you think the Grinder app has an effect on how this culture plays out? I feel like to an extent, yes. It's just an extension of the grooming culture we talked about earlier. Especially since it's been around since 2009, when being gay wasn't even decriminalized in the states yet. Lots of its initial use was for anonymous hookups. I feel since it was also the first huge dating app or mainstream dating app at the time, it just kind of rode on what gay culture was like, which also includes grooming and the whole power trip subculture we talked about earlier. With all that said, is sex really worth it? The trauma, the anxiety the actual real-life threats to well-being that come with gay sex just seem so scary. Yet, like we mentioned earlier, gay culture is one that seems so sex-positive and sex-oriented. Is there a deeper meaning to gay sex? Especially in Malaysia, where it's still so taboo, having sex is more than just the act. It's a way of telling themselves they accept who they are as gay men. Especially with closeted culture here in Malaysia, there are so many gay men who see their attraction towards men as something they need to get rid of, especially within the older generation. So in a way, despite the trauma, sex for gay men is seen as a form of rebellion and can be seen as a way in which they take back their power, regardless of the trauma they faced in the past. A question to the listeners. What do you think about gay sex culture in Malaysia? Is it good or bad? With all the underlying issues surrounding gay sex culture in Malaysia, one could definitely argue that gay sex culture is indeed toxic to some degree. But on the other hand, it is also a form of liberation and acceptance in a society which condemns the very existence of gay men. Okay, enough about the bees and the bees. Stay tuned for our third and last episode where we will talk about kinky sex and how different generations experience kinks. 